Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them. Boys just hold essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where Real Talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. We want to recognize our sponsorship for our show today, which is Suddenly Professional Counseling and Consulting Practice with S.K.D. Winfield. They're located in Atlanta, Georgia, specializing in overcoming depression, anxiety, family, and counseling relationship services are provided. So visit them at suddenlyprofessionalcounseling.com. All right, folks. Our show today is um, a very, it could be emotional. It's definitely going to be powerful. We, we always try to bring you powerful conversation, uh, bring, bringing things to the platform. And today our show topic is managing autism care and making a difference. And so before we get into our show topic and uh share with you our um, amazing platform that we have in this cafe today. I want to introduce my co-host, Brandon. Good morning, B. How are you? What up, what up, what up? How you doing? Uh, I'm awesome. It's a little dry in the cafe. I'm usually sipping on something hot and steamy, but it's challenging this morning. But, you know, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. Nah, so I have this this new green tea. It's like a it's it's called um, infused, and it's like raspberry green tea. A little sweet, but it's really good, and um, it is like freezing. So, you know, the tea is doing the body good right now. So it's all good. Oh wow! Oh, I'm so I'm so proud of you. See, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Trying new things, right? Try new yeah, things. of course. Well, I mean. I, that's what you said. You said, oh, you got to try something new, B. B, you got to try something new, B. I just won't have any of that macchiato stuff that you have. It's, I'll never do that again. That's just never going to happen. Well, but, um, well, you know, we, we're not going to have that conversation this morning about macchiato. Yes, no. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I won't go. We're going to agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> but I, listen, my, listen, let me tell you, listen, Carmel Macchiato is my drink. That thing is on point. I, if you drink that, and you love it, shout out to us on on the uh, on Facebook or, or on you, the website. Are you going to say that we're not going to have the conversation and then do the shout out? Well, uh, we're not going to have the conversation. I just, want, I just want to take a poll. I just want to see <laughs> who feel like me. We're not going to talk about it, but we could just do a poll. Can we do that? Yeah, we got it. So anybody that doesn't like Carmel Macchiato like me, shout us out on Facebook. <laughs> Coffee Talk with That's all. <laughs> Hashtag not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
All right, let's let's laugh, let's laugh and smile and um, flow into our conversation. I'm excited about this conversation we're gonna have this morning, B, because we're talking about uh, a topic that really is touching people. We're seeing more and more people deal with with autism, and if we kind of look at the news and, and see what's going on out here in the community, there are. I get upset when I see people caring for anyone, not just kids with special needs, but for anyone, and they lack professional conduct. They lack um, responsibility, you know. And, and so this morning we, we're going to talk about managing autism care. And, and I want people to hear some from professionals that are, that are licensed and skilled and have experience in dealing with these amazing kids with special needs. And not only that, y'all, we have a parent who's done some great things in, in the community, and she's going to be uh, on with us as well. So get ready. I told you it's hot and steamy on Coffee Talk with oh, yeah. every Saturday. Are they ready for this? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to get them as ready as possible, and then we're just going to hit them with it. Bam. Okay. All right. All right, well, let's, let's introduce our first uh, guest, Name Bond. She is a community interventionist. She has her own practice which is Transformation Counseling and Consulting, LLC, where she works with kids with special needs, and she evaluates them by providing assessments and giving diagnosis. So let's introduce Naima Bond. Welcome to the cafe. How are you? Welcome. Welcome and good morning. Thank you. I just wanted to clarify. Um, I've got some letters behind my name. I do have an MED in special education but I do not diagnose. However, I guide parents to the proper places to receive that diagnosis if I feel like the child is presenting with some red flags or concerns. I kind of oh, help them navigate okay. that process and let them know kind of what to expect, what the steps are to kind of give some predictability and help with that anxiety. Then once we mm-hmm. have the diagnosis, um, then I help them and assist them with the best program or suggestions as far as treatment and depending on the age of the child and skill level, where they should go next. What, what are some first signs that, that, that people uh, see where they begin to feel that something is not right? Right. Well, first of all, um, I wanted to say that for families who feel, and I will go into that, feel that something may not be right or have concerns, the CDC's Learn the Science Act Early is a wonderful place to start. Um, What they have is they have developmental milestones because a lot of parents, you know, especially if you're a new parent, you may or may not be very clear on what you should be seeing. So the CDC provides developmental milestones to have you an idea of when the child should be sitting up, when should you start hearing babbling, when should the child really be responding to their name? And so knowing those developmental milestones can help a parent decide, like, hmm, is something a little different about my child? Or, you know, um, should I be concerned with this? And you can contact your pediatrician if you have concerns because parents are the first teachers. Um, So that's a great place to start. But some of those concerns or some of those red flags are um, lack of eye gaze, Um, lack of sharing warm expressions. When your child finds something new or discovers something that they've never seen before, you want to look for their reaction like, did you just see that? That is so cool. Did you see what I just saw? So they should be looking to you. They should be kind of showing you things, that those things are not happening 
that's a concern. Um, lack of responding to names. Um, children at six months should be turning and looking when you say their name. Now, Sometimes our toddlers, depending on what they're doing, may have selective hearing. <laughs> but for the most part, around six months, um, an infant should be turning when you say their name. So if your child is two, turning three, and they don't respond when your, their name is called, that might be a red flag or something to look into. Okay. So I, in looking sure. at your, your bio, and the information you said, I, I saw that you you said um, you mentioned you define autism um, as objects over people. That was a clause that you yes. used in your description. Yes. What is, what does that mean actually? That means that the wind up toy is more exciting than the person. So if a child is is uh, more focused on objects. You know, I could be in the room clapping and dancing and you pay no attention to me, but the toy, wind-up toy comes in and I'm looking at it, I'm touching it, I'm flipping it over, I'm investigating it. Um, Children should be oriented to people, even young children. Infants and toddlers should be, you know, fascinated with your face. You should be the most exciting thing in the room. If you notice that objects outweigh that social interaction, then that is a concern. Because the the issue and where the delays happen is if I'm focused on a wind-up toy, I'm not getting a whole lot of information from that. Now, if I was looking at my parent, I'd be learning how to do um, happy expressions, what sad expressions are. You might be doing something. You might be showing me how to turn pages in a book. So I'm watching you. I can imitate that. The wind-up toy is not doing that. So if all the information I'm gathering from the toy, getting a lot of information about how the world works or how the social world works, I need to orient towards people to kind of get that information. See a child being more interested in just like the pop-up toy can spend hours. You know, a 12-month-old should not be so fascinated with a pop-up toy for hours. I know sometimes parents say, ooh, my baby's quiet. I'm so happy. Well, depending on what they're doing and, and, and um, what's happening, that might not be the best thing. They should be getting into things. They should be running around, looking around, and, you know, it's a lot more work, but that's what you want to see. So at, at, now with, at this point, what age should this be a determining factor, or is this clear across the board that this – the, this is one of those things that should it just should not happen at all. When you say that, what exactly do you mean? I mean, <clears throat> so you you gave the example of the wind up toy. So, mm-hmm. in a situation where I'm like trying to tickle the, is, am I trying to tickle the kid at this time, and they just focused on a toy, or am I doing something like you said? Right, right. If what you, age right, is this? Exact right attention. You shouldn't work that hard to shift. As long as a child can shift attention, like if I am playing with the wind up toy, you come in the room and you tickle me or you try to chase me and I leave that alone and go after you, then that's fine. You want to be able to, they should be able to shift attention. That's another thing. If you can shift attention, then that's fine. Because again, if you're not in the room, I've got to do something. But if you right. have a hard time shifting or you get very upset, when I try to shift and tickle and play, then that mm-hmm. might be a concern. Now, this is, you know, 
when we talk about the signs and symptoms, you you know, you don't want to take them in isolation. There's a wide range of things to be concerned about. And some days you may not be hot. You know, you may think, you know, so it's not a, a if you never see eye, you know, one time I don't see eye contact, oh, my gosh, that's a sign and symptom. Right. No, there's, the, you know. So there's no need to start, like, this. freaking out or anything like that, right? Right. <laughs> it's all right. good. Okay, right. okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, here's so, what we're so, going to do. Let's okay. hold on one second, love. Let's bring on Courtney and, and Courtney James. She's a, a, a teacher, and she's gonna she's gonna explain a little bit to us about um, what autism is, like what it is. Now, my understanding of autism, younger when I was younger, I thought this, the kid was just bad, and you know, their parents wasn't beating them the way that I understood it to be, because I worked with kids that was autistic and. I was just very, you know, you know, a very tough disciplinarian, and they started behaving. So I was like, well, you know, autism is just when you don't beat your kid, they run on wild willy-nilly, and that's not the case. So, Courtney, help us understand a little bit about what it is. Um, hello. I'm interested. What's interesting now is that, you know, back in the day, I'm glad you said that, you know, back in the day, it, you know, people weren't really informed about what, you know, autism was. Because back in the day, like in the 1980s, they were reporting that it was like one in 10,000 kids that would have autism, which, I mean, that's really not that much. And now um, they're reporting that one in 68 children are reporting that they have um, autism. And what's interesting is they're shifting it where it's like, you know, a lot of people use the term special needs where it's like, what is special needs? Um, everybody in this world is special, and we all need, we all have our own particular special needs. So they're shifting it from saying special needs to exceptional needs. So when I look at a child that has autism, it means that they have an exceptional need, whether it be social, emotional, physical, whether it be, um, you know, uh yeah, whether it be social, emotional, or physical. So it's not, I don't think there is not one pinpoint thing to say what autism is, but it is that the child has an exceptional need to whatever case they have. Okay, I can understand that. So well, what our good friend was explaining just a second ago was identifying it. So let me just ask the tough question. Is is, is this a situation where a cure is needed? Is this a situation where, like, what kind of attention is needed? So we want to know, okay, so this individual has been diagnosed, you know, she, she navigated and this individual has been diagnosed with autism. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Does, does the kid grow out of it? Do they, you know, I would, I would, I would not like to heavily medicate a child. That's just something that I'm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm sternly against. So what do I need mm-hmm. to do as a parent with an autistic or possibly autistic child? Um, well, the children that I have worked with, um, there's a, um, I've only had one child that I've worked with that I know that had medication um, for her mm-hmm. situation. It was because there was a lot of more issues other than, you know, autism. But the other kids that I have worked with, they just, you know, have enrolled in different programs. And one of the programs that I have worked closely with is um, LEAP, um, and it's learning and early assessment for preschool children, and that's from the ages three to five. And they provide different services um, 
speech language, development services, occupational therapy, physical therapy. They also do free um, screenings for hearing, vision, and evaluation in speech and language. So I don't necessarily think, you know, there's a quote-unquote cure for autism, but there are programs that can help, you know, with your situation and improve um, the child as the child gets older. There's no prediction where, you know, I can't tell you if a child is doing this, by next year they're going to be doing this. But there are services that can help modify, um, you know, what is going on with the child. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, and so LEAP is definitely one of those. That's that's really interesting. Now, in day-to-day interactions, is there any way that and, – and I also don't believe in um, – when I used to work with kids, I did not treat any of the kids different. I treated them all the same. I understood that they had different learning levels, and I gave, you know, the other ones that needed a little bit of help learning something or understanding something. I got them – you know, I got with everybody on their level. But I'm not going to, you know – treat somebody like, oh, baby, you know, because they're special. I don't do that. And um, I don't. I think that doing something like that is wrong. So how should we be dealing with these young people in our day-to-day actions, you know, like because they do have exceptional needs. So how do we, how do we give them what they need and at the same time not uh, take away from, you know, them being who they are and growing up the way that they should? Well, you exactly, know, I, I exactly. think that's giving them – Giving them, giving them what they need. I, I think that people should be skilled and educated and, and trained. I think that that's part of uh, of the problem. Um, but for a parent to have to uh, deal with this, where you know there, there's no parenting one on one books. You know, you just have kids, you observe them, you love them, and you try to care for them uh, the best you can. But be, be, before we hear the the professional or clinical response to that, let's bring on a, a parent who has had to care for her child and um, educate him as well um, as he lived and with his life of autism. And so this next person that I want to bring uh, into the conversation is Dion Farr. She's the lead dispatcher writer for West Baton Rouge Schools. She was born in Milwaukee but raised in New Orleans. She went from working as a deputy sheriff to owning a hair salon, a T-shirt company, and she started a nonprofit organization called Stepping for Autism. Her motivation, being such a huge advocate for autism, is her 15-year-old autistic son, Deontay Farr. So let's introduce and welcome to the platform, Dion. Good morning, Dion. How are you? Good morning. Hello, everyone. Good morning. So, so Dion, as you hear these women uh, talk about autism from a clinical perspective and, and share um, their views as they work with these kids. As a parent, what, what was going through your mind as you as you listen to them? I mean, I love and respect what they do. It's hard to be in that field because I work, too, as a therapist part-time for autistic kids before I moved back to Baton Rouge. But raising and dealing with it on a daily basis is totally different. What's the it's no normal days. I know that someone had mentioned, um, well, a few of you guys had mentioned something about parenting, but we don't have any normal days. You know, and every child is different. So you have to treat each one of them different. 
what what has your experience been with 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 your son in terms of dealing managing his care? How do you how, how do you well, how do you manage that? Well, my son went from verbal, I mean nonverbal, to verbal. Now he can speak very well. Um, he can let you know before he has a meltdown. Um, because I worked with him, I quit working and developed and started most of my time doing therapy with him. So one-on-one intense therapy for me, it worked with him, and it worked with a few of the other kids that was a part of the, our autism program. I think intense home therapy is one of the greatest things that. So what do you what? So you said that intense home therapy. Could you kind of help me understand what that looks like? I mean, cause it sounds good. It sounds like a very aggressive program that you had your son on. And um, I just speak for, you know, all of the listeners that we, that, that is something that we applaud. And I, and I thank you for having the courage to come on here um, and explain, you know, your situation. But could you help me understand what that intense home therapy looks like? Intense home therapy is basically when you have one-on-one, it, it could be a parent, it could be a specialist, when they have one-on-one needs, like for a child that's not verbal. I did what worked for me was an iPad because you can download different apps, um, Prolocute to, Pro to Go, which is one of the fa- mm-hmm. top favorite apps. You can make them be verbal Pro, so they can Pro express their when to go. Yes. Oh, to go. But it's also free app. To go, okay. So if they're on if they're angry, it's an app that they can point to that can start telling them, dealing with their emotions and their feelings, I'm angry or I'm hungry. So for me, that was how he was able to express himself. Okay. So that's how it all started, before he became verbal. Okay. And so um, <clears throat> now this is, this is, this is open to, to, to the panel. What, what, what is the single one thing that a parent needs to do to to cope or help manage an autistic uh, a young person? So what is the, like, if you had one go-to thing that, you know, this will work, like, um, like, like Dion's is, you know, the iPad downloading the apps to help them express their feelings and what they're going through. That's, that's her go-to thing. So what, what are some other go-to things that, that, that this, this will work or this should work? You know, what, what do you got? Well, one thing that I would say is um, I'm I'm all about health, and like mm-hmm. she said, she said you know each day is different, and there's not a quote unquote normal day for her. And my, you know, when you deal with uh, children that have exceptional needs, you have to have a peace of mind. So I would say one of the go-to things is to make sure that you take care of yourself first. Make sure yeah, that you're in the mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make sure that's that you're in the mindset to deal with, you know, the situations that your child, you know, are in. Because if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to be able to take care of someone else? Mm. Okay. And so I, I know that you, you said that you was about to say the same thing. So what's one more thing that you would do? In your case, what's your, what's your second go-to thing that, you know, that you would do? So we have um, get these apps I know I know definitely one that I would say is educate yourself on the situation, you know, as yeah. obviously you all did. Um and then you have get the apps and then you have prepare yourself for the for the challenge to come. And so and, and what's next? I would seek families that are going through the same thing if it's at all possible. 
just so mm. that you have people that you can really talk to who know exactly what you're dealing with. Um, sometimes okay. it can be very isolating when you have a child with exceptional needs, depending on, like, the mother's, you know, day-to-day can be very challenging. So speaking with and having someone that you can talk to about that on those days can be very helpful because they really understand what you're going through. Oh, I love that. So networking, preparing yourself and getting your mind right. If you got to join a meditation class or something, do whatever you got to do to get yourself ready. Um, educate yourself, obviously. And and then you have the the apps on phones and iPads that can help them, you know, the child identify with their feelings and what they're going through. I love that. That's really important, you know, for parents and educators to know because it, it's, it's unfortunate it's just not one of those things that's commonly talked about. And, I, and again, I applaud you guys tremendously for coming out, you know, and, and expressing and explaining this stuff. It takes a lot of courage to do something like this. And uh, Soy, Soy will tell you, this, 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 this speaks volumes to your character and who you guys are. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Now, so we have about uh, a little less than five minutes before we close out the show, and I really would like to offer you ladies an opportunity to share um, one comment with, with our audience. And so we'll, we'll start with uh, Naima. Is there anything you want to say um, to our listeners before we close out the show? Sure. Thank you. Um, I would just say parents as the children's first teachers and um, most of my work. I've dealt with older children, but most of mine is on the front end of early intervention, just knowing what the developmental milestones are so that you can also advocate for your child and just have an idea of what you should be seeing. And um, and the sooner intervention starts, the be- the better outcomes for children. Thank you. Thank you for that. Courtney? Um, <laughs> she's interested in she's pretty much said the same thing that I would say is, you know, looking out for those warning signs and um, educating yourself on different things because, you know, sometimes you have first-time parents that don't really know what to look for. Um, They don't really have, I wouldn't like to say comparison, but they don't really have anything to reference. And it's just like she said, you know, they on websites, um, you can research it on Google for different milestones for different ages. The earlier, the better. Um, like, you know, we said there's not a specific cure for autism, but when you take advantage of those intervention programs, it makes it a lot easier for the child as they get older. Right. Thank right. you for that, Courtney. And uh, Ms. Farr. <laughs> Hi. Well, I just want parents to know that they are not alone. You know, even though autism is a lifelong dis- development disability, if you put in work, you will see your child reach progress. You know, my child went from not smiling or hugging till he'll hug me now and say, I love you, Mom. So it's a big difference when you put in the work. Mm. That's, wow. So that's that's very simple. Right, I mean, it's, you just got to look it up. Well, thank you, ladies. Now, now, now that was real talk. I, I thank you for being with us here in the cafe today and sharing your experience and hoping that those who are listening can share this. Um, like the show, share the show, post the show on your social media site so that we can encourage and help other people who are dealing uh, with managing autism care. It's, it's been a wonderful show, and at this point we're going to go ahead and transition out 
But we want you to continue to have an a, a awesome Saturday wherever you are. Make a difference and make it count. Just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.